Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. I'm kind of excited because we're going to talk about Bachelorette in a minute, and I feel like you're going to be the mean one this week, and I'm usually (laughs) the mean one. And I've been thinking about this all week. I'm very excited about it. (laughs) I am, and it did really, uh, it really, really ticked me off in a lot of ways. I have a lot of feelings, (laughs) a lot of feelings. So you have the right instinct. You know me. You saw the episode. You know what's coming. Uh, Um, But before that, we're going to get into like a kind of, juicy and interesting news story regarding Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah. So last week we sort of said that some people were not covering Orange County and we were going to check it out because there's not that much on and then just sort of like eviscerate everything that Kelly Dodd does. Then this Vice article came out, which we'll post. I highly recommend everyone read it. It's really enlightening. First of all, we didn't realize how... um, wide the actual boycott of the show was like we Mm -hmm. didn't realize it was an organized effort to sort of make some change on bravo which i think is really interesting and cool i don't know that that's really happened to one of these shows that's currently airing um and it also was sort of just like a chronological series of events that kelly has participated in that we did not know about and it's pretty bad it's not great it's not a good look for anybody to be honest with you and and didn't wasn't it interesting to you that part of I know that like Ramona and a lot of other like semi problematic if not fully problematic housewives they kind of get caught in the act sometimes of doing shitty things or saying yeah. shitty things in this vice piece it's really a lot about what Kelly Dodd is posting and is purposely putting out into the world and is making her persona and like her it's so it's very much what she is trying to be seen as and that's even more cringy and bad to me for some reason I know that I don't know right like we were kind of talking about how you know even though some of the housewives may be you know have different politics than us and they may be making choices during the pandemic we wouldn't make it seems like they're not trying to push that on other people and like you know be an anti-masker be anti-black lives matter all of those kinds of things and kelly has really crossed a line here and sort of tripled down on like things that can frankly get people killed yeah Um, yeah it's a little tough to we've talked about this before because we watch these shows partially because they are dumb idiots who make bad decisions and we get to laugh at them and they are like narcissists (laughs) and that's why you know when you see all of those dynamics clashing that's what makes it so interesting so but obviously like you know we want to we don't want to promote any content that's hurting people and we always try to ask the best of um you know the people who are responsible for making these shows to be inclusive and to be thoughtful and and not to promote you know extremely hateful bigotry um and i think like this year has been really been a learning curve as far as reality tv is concerned um like for example you know the preview for southern charm this season is it looks way different than any previous season and i'm excited to see how they handled that Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think you and i are still navigating like what is a time when we can watch the show and just call out all of the bullshit that, you know, is allowed to happen on the show and like talk about why that's wrong? And what is a time when we have to like cut the cord and sort of bring down the numbers without watching it? Um, and I think a lot of people in that do Bravo podcasts are, are figuring that out for themselves right now. So it's it's a learning experience for us, and we're, like, keeping an eye on the whole situation. What do you think, Taylor? Yes, that's exactly it. You said that very beautifully. It is really how I feel. It's not – I don't even want to say, like, well, the jury is out, because I have fully, as I said last week, loathed Kelly Dodd to my core, and I loathe everything that she seemingly tries to represent about Real Housewives and reality TV in general and all of these things. 
But I will say that the jury is out on just whether or not I think it will be, yeah, more effective to like kind of vote with the viewership and just stop watching it all together and not cover it or whether covering it and talking about it in ways that we could be better and just absolutely eviscerating her and taking her down is going to be the better approach. And I would be interested. I mean, if anybody out there has a take and it, please like DM us, I think it would be really interesting to hear how everybody else is is thinking about it because it's uh it's an interesting conversation to have yeah for sure um we would love to hear how you guys are feeling about this whole thing um i have to say that one of my skills that i'm proudest of is being able to take down my friend's enemies with extreme low blows like i i try very hard not to criticize people for things that are below the belt you know when I'm on good terms with them but if you fuck with me or you fuck with my friend (laughs) like it's over like and so that's what I was planning on doing to Kelly Dodd this season just being like fuck that bitch you know like the whole time (laughs) you know so I'm a little sad that I won't get to do that it feels good to just sort of like let that out uh, you know at someone who's like pure evil Um, but we'll see we'll see what happens and we would love to hear from you guys yeah there's been more than one occasion where I there's just someone I fucking hate or there is a person that I really really want to shit talk and I will go out of my way to call or text Alyssa (laughs) can I just tell you about this bitch she'll be like bring it and it's the best so yeah we have to decide whether or not we're making an example of her and having a fun time like just like making a meal out of destroying her or whether or not we're going to stop watching um i was i i also i said this to you off air that it feels also like we are we're just like living on a bravo schedule and everybody who makes content like we make this pod feels that way so it's tough when they know that they're coming at you with this fucking premiere of orange county when they know the only other thing you have on is potomac and so don't you want to watch this because we have you it's just like if they they know we're we're like druggies and they give us exactly what they want to give us when they want to give it to us um so it's 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 wild and i really i think it's really cool to watch these accounts on instagram that just like bring me a lot of joy and make me chuckle and i send them to you or we post them on our instagram sometime like coming together and like taking a stance is kind of cool like seeing all of them uh, work together is like oh cool yeah i like that this isn't just like you know silly or comedy this is a fucking this is important these are people's like jobs and what they're making and i love it yeah Um, for sure um, all right, Oof. let's get into the fun stuff. This week, we're not going to spend more time on OC. We're going to get into The Bachelorette. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, okay, so tell me the feelings. Tell me how Woo! you feel. <laughs> okay, I want to retract everything I said about Claire being a drama queen that I can root for. I cannot <laughs> root for this woman. I repeat, I made a huge mistake. And wh- <laughs> I, I, I don't know how she tricked me. I don't know what's going on. But, like, I have never seen someone single-handed and I include Jax Taylor in this comment, be so like toxic and forceful with a very toxic behavior in one episode of television. And wow. I, for context, I also like, I, I waited to watch it on Wednesday with no commercials on Hulu and I had a really long day and I was like super exhausted and I was like, oh, this is going to feel really great to just like sort of turn my brain off and really enjoy this show. And this episode (laughs) stressed me to no end. I felt awful afterwards. Tony was like, how was it? And I was like, bad, very bad. I feel bad. I feel drained. Let's get into, okay, what's the, what's the number? First of all, (laughs) this is a a little relevant because Tony and I took the love language quiz this week. Oh, wow. And he, I really had to twist his arm to do it. I was like, please, (laughs) we're so bored. Like, let's just do it. It's only 70 (laughs) questions online. And so Tony and I had a conversation about like love languages. And then lo and behold, the first group date, you guys, if you didn't watch, which like, (laughs) good for you, I guess. I was the, what, eight or 10 guys having to demonstrate to Claire how much they care for her in the different love languages which is what psychotic person thought of this as a date first of all (laughs) and they had to step up in front of each other and while she's sitting in this weird like romeo and juliet set that they what 
built. In, By the in way, the, they did her like pretty dirty with that lighting. She did not look. Oh good. no! And then they're all, and she's looking down. The camera's looking up, like through Ugh. her n- nostrils. No good. It was These, a yellow light. Oh, she was also wearing something that was very like Tomb Raider reminiscent, which I did not enjoy. Yeah, it was like a not cute safari look with heels. Yeah. Like, don't <laughs> I couldn't deal. But she, the it's funny to me that she has, and it's demonstrated in this date and in the pre in the following dates, which we'll get into. No consideration at all for how comfortable the men may feel and how, like, they might be feeling. Like, she's just so egocentric about all this. And you could tell this woman thinks that she deserves the fucking world. Like, I've never seen someone so shamelessly ask for so much while returning so little and having just no consideration. So these guys, like, have to walk up to her in this like little weird window and be like, I, I want you to know that I really trust you and I'm here for you and I love you. I don't know. And then the physical touch. Can you explain to me, Alyssa, they make the men each physically touch her and express their love for her. First of all, this is very the vow on HBO right now. Like they were about to just like fucking brand these guys in this fucking date. They, they make them do physical touch and they put blindfolds on them on on claire and the guy touching her but then they make the other guys just watch why do why did claire and the they she like knew who they were <laughs> like <laughs> i i what like what eyes wide shut shit is why are they wearing blindfolds what's happening tell me about i feel like i'm screaming and i'm ranting no, it's okay. because it made me so uncomfortable how did that whole date make you feel the whole the only thing i was thinking the whole time they were hugging until we got to dale which i was like everyone settle down (laughs) (laughs) uh was like oh she's definitely feeling their dicks through their pants with her leg like that's the only thing that's happening right now is like we're sizing up everybody (laughs) um yeah i don't know why it was necessary for everyone to watch uh the physical touch portion i i like the dale her i'm just like Hold it together for five seconds. I mean, you know that you're going to go get to make out with this guy many other times during the show. Like, stop groaning. I don't know. I was so yeah, uncomfortable. Usually, I, I like moments where people are, like, not sure about what to say and it's awkward. I don't like hearing the kissing sounds, like, so closely in the microphone. And I don't like hearing people be like... Uh, like when they're smelling someone it's so terrible i'm sorry do that again Alyssa. no i can't do it again it's like even i'm just like i'm losing my mind right now but um yeah it was i was also just like really this is the best thing we can do this like set that my mom could have made at like her children's theater like why aren't we going to the spa like why aren't we you know in a in a beautiful remember i told you about the vichy rain shower room? yes this is that resort i'm like put them in the vichy rain shower for like touch or something like that yeah Um, i i have no faith in this team moving forward and especially claire with how these dates are going to be handled because after this awful 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 group date She has a one-on-one with Jason where she does, like, absolute damage to his psyche on public television. And I, like, cannot handle it. Like, Mm -hmm. Claire is a hairdresser who has done five seasons of The Bachelor or The Bachelor (laughs) spinoffs. And she was treating him like she was some sort of psychotherapist guru and told him that she wanted him to bring out his demons on TV to her and that she would repeatedly ask him about it all of this while knowing to your point that she's just gonna go fuck dale immediately and leave the show like why are you ripping apart jason and making these like men just try to expose themselves to you which brings me to the third date which somehow is worse than the first two (laughs) where she makes the men do strip dodgeball and i think that we do before i start ripping into why i think that this is really like i don't know embarrassing and shitty on her part and the show's part we do need to go on record that there have been several if not all of the group dates that are women for the bachelor they are already wearing lingerie or wearing sexy gym clothes and they've had to do things like pillow fights and mud wrestling and all sorts of really fucked up sexual things (laughs) that but to... When I hear that back, I'm like, what are we supporting? I, know, <laughs> I don't I know, feel that I way know. as I'm My... watching it. I'm like, this is fun. And then I'm like, wait, pillow no, fights well... and lingerie. 
That's the thing is our bar is on the floor. I know my bar is on the floor. It takes so much for me to be like offended on when I'm watching a show like this that is offensive. Like I am agreeing to so much when I'm watching this show. And I still felt so uncomfortable when she was making, I say she, but like she, the show, Chris, whoever, making the guys start to like strip their clothes when they're on the losing team. And there is no, like, she doesn't feel bad for them she doesn't feel guilty she doesn't go oh no you guys could keep your shorts on i was just kidding she like makes them strip down till they're butt ass naked and then literally lets them leave like like so many of these challenges they'll be like we're gonna have a game and then the winning team hangs out with me and then when the team actually loses they're like don't worry you guys can still come to the cocktail hour like i'm not an asshole claire's like bye bye you guys and starts spraying champagne on the winning team this woman is not and for someone who's been embarrassed on tv how are you not thinking about that how are you not at all considering what these people are going through and making them jump through the most wild hoops and all the while you know the guy you're going to pick i can't i can't Alyssa. i can't i i can't <laughs> i just i also think that she's weirdly not used to being in charge of everybody and so she's kind of trying to be in charge but she's like overcorrecting. Um, and she's not, she's not acting like she's the desirable person. You know what I mean? Like mm. she's acting like she's still having to sort of like perform for them, but should then she's overcorrecting and being like, why didn't you immediately come up to me? And it's like, hold on. Like Ooh, that there's a middle ground. Scream. Was that not the most uncomfortable thing? And I thought that to... was so funny. And I thought her overreaction was hilarious. And I think it was a, a purely a misunderstanding of them being like, what's the order of how we're supposed to do yeah, this? How, it's their <laughs> first group date. It's like their first day shooting in this context. I, I would venture to say, I bet you there is lost footage from every season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette of exactly that moment where the men are learning like how the scenes quote unquote work and she made a toast and then the guys all sat there awkwardly and I bet you a few of them like looked at the camera or looked at the producers as like oh is this where we ask if we could steal her for a sec just like double checking <laughs> like that's how it's got to, it's such a human thing these people don't know what they're doing it's the first date they wait like 15 seconds and she starts to absolutely shatter and she's like okay so does no one even want to hang out with me does nobody like me do you guys hate me you hate me Fuck yeah that's you guys. what i'm saying it's like don't you don't have to act like that like you can just come back in there she came back in the room and said if you guys all want to hang out with each other um you can do that and i'll go to bed and like that's exactly what i sound like when i have been brewing in the other room for a long time and i like come in and ready just to like start a fight yeah yeah um and we're not there yet like you could have come back and been like hey guys that was kind of weird. Uh, I feel like, you know, just in the future, like, feel free to come up to me. I know we're all, like, getting used to each other here, but um, I I just want to make sure, like, you guys are all here and, like, excited to, like, hang out. Is that yes. is that cool? You know, she That's there was levels do. to it. And we've seen, like, Hannah B. in her season of The Bachelorette, she reached a boiling point during one of the group dates where she felt like the focus wasn't on her and it wasn't in the right place. And she had a similar sort of angry freakout moment where she was like, you guys aren't here for me and no one's asking if I prefer spaghetti or mac and cheese. You don't even know about me. And in that moment, you, I felt like I saw a lot of the guys go, oh, my God, she's, she's sort of right. Like, we're getting caught up in these other things. Yeah. I totally see why she's upset. In this scene with Claire, you could see the guys like oh shit what did we fucking do like what did we get in oh not even what did we do tonight what did we get ourselves into yeah. Yeah. we are trapped in a bubble in the desert fighting for this i'm sorry but crazy woman i hate i like i i hate all of the work that she's taking away from all of us women who are like don't call me crazy because she's being crazy yeah she's it's being like when I got bat mitzvahed, there was, like, the first, you know, you're 13 when you get bat mitzvahed, and there's, like, the first slow dance, right? And that's, like, a big deal when you're in middle school. And obviously, like, I'm the bat mitzvah girl, so I'm, like, the most dressed up and whatever. And I shit you not, there was a moment where all of my guy friends, they're like, okay, who wants to dance with the bat mitzvah girl? Nobody stepped up. And they <gasps> all just looked at me, and I was like, 
am I oh. the most ugly girl in the whole world? So I feel for Claire, but I didn't scream <laughs> at them. And I was 13. And then eventually someone came up to me and was like, I'll dance with Theo. And he was like, hey, everyone's just really nervous to ask you dan- to dance. Like, don't oh, worry. And I was like, okay, God. thank you. But that, I feel like that was that moment. And Claire, instead of being like, oh, God, I feel kind of bad about myself. She was like, fuck all of you. It's like, wait, hold on. So let's make this into an crazy. empathetic beat instead. I love you going, and I was 13. Like, I was that's 13. such a good day. I was 13, <laughs> Claire, and I fucking didn't do that. I also yeah. think a little bit, this is what I wanted to say about, like, how the show is being made is, first of all, I've obviously expressed my deep, deep disappointment in how, what these dates actually were as activities. I was like, this isn't fun for me. This is, like, really uncomfortable and draining, and I don't like it. But... I um, I realized halfway through, especially when the one-on-one with Jason felt extra long, that we are not getting any of the B-roll of them in, like, helicopters or cars, like, right. going to new locations. We're not seeing any of that. And in, in addition to that... We're not getting any outside, like sometimes they'll bring in, um, yeah, like a massage therapist or like someone who trains dogs and they do a fun dog activity. And like some screen time is dedicated to just another human being's face and voice during yeah. these activities. And this is so relentlessly Claire, like you're just bombarded with footage of Claire because if it's not Claire, it's a little bit of Chris Harrison and then it's just, that's it. And I think that that makes the show even more aggressive to me because we're not getting any sort of visual or audio break from this woman. And she is, she's just too much. I, <laughs> I, I cannot deal. Do you also think I'm curious about this? This wasn't my thought. I actually was talking to my friend Carol about it. I wonder if the men and Claire were not ever allowed to address how hot it is. Because it's got to be I didn't really even think about hot. that because I was wondering, like, why is Bennett's face so sweaty? Why is everyone's face so sweaty? And I didn't even think about the fact that it's, like, so hot in Palm Desert. It's the fucking, what, July, August in Palm yeah. Desert. It's so, so, so hot. And I wonder if it reminded me of freshman year of high school. I I was, like, getting interested in, like, broadcasting and, like, looking into, like, the, the high school sort of just, like, TV program. And my friend and I were like both like really into sports, but also still doing musical theater. And the football team let us come and uh, announce the game for (laughs) for half of it. But we got so nervous that we just like forgot most things ever about football. And we just kept talking about how hot it was. (laughs) And afterwards, they, they were so disappointed in us. And they were like so mean. They were like, yeah, maybe you could talk about something other than the temperature for 20 minutes and I remember being so deeply deeply embarrassed and that like really made me drop the idea of ever getting into sports casting or sports coverage because I was like if I get nervous and I say the wrong thing or I just talk about the weather I'm gonna die it's just not for me someone needs to give me lines I need to be told what to say and I wonder if they told these guys like you you you're just not allowed to talk about the heat or we're just gonna get so much footage of you just talking about how hot it is and nothing good will happen yeah that's a good point I don't know and I also am like so bad at being uncomfortable and when I am uncomfortable I'm always like I'm hot I'm hot it's too hot it's too hot and people are like we get it it's hot you're uncomfortable but so for them to like purposefully leave that out I feel like maybe it breaks the fourth wall a little bit if they're like constantly complaining about the new location they're in I don't know that's a good point I didn't think about that yeah, I just feel I, bad for these guys, man. I wanted to <laughs> ask you the Blake moment where he tried to, like, you know, break the rules and, like, go in for a kiss. Would you have given him a cheek or something? Or would you, would you have just, like, shoved him away and, like, crushed his ego the way that Claire did? That's a great question. I I feel – I thought he was very cute the first episode. And then I think that the way that he behaved in this one was so, like – beyond immature it even felt just childlike there's something about the way that he talks that feels like a teenager to me and so he's very unsexy to me now and then that interaction that they had was also him just being sort of like pouty and immature and childish and she did say like all right well good night like we're walking away and he went in even though all signs were pointing to don't go in yeah so I don't (laughs) totally blame her for the push I was completely perplexed by giving him a rose immediately the next day which is Mm -hmm. I will say the only moment I felt that she was being considerate of someone's feelings I bet she 
that evening was like, I, I bet he feels like shit because I did that to him. So why don't I go give him a rose? And I was like, oh, clear. So you actually do think about other people and how they feel? That's what news to me, bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me that you say that though because I'm like she's encouraging this he's like a puppy she's like training him the wrong way she's like I love when you break the rules and then he goes to break oh, the rules yeah. again and she's like but not now break the rules when it's convenient for me <laughs> yeah it's still oh I agree with you it's still a really miss it's a it's a really confusing message that she's yeah. sending I just thought I was like and that's maybe why I thought that I was like why is she giving him this rose yeah the only thing I could think of is she feels like she's he feels nice yeah. yeah, like trash because she pushed him away when he came in for a kiss. Would you have given him a cheek? I feel like I could have done a cheek. That's so <laughs> humiliating. And then later been like, look, like, you know, sorry, that was a little awkward. I don't know. I'm talking about people who are like mo emotionally intelligent, though. And that's like not why you get on this show. So yeah. as always, the right thing is pretty obvious to do. And I'm glad it didn't happen because it's much more enjoyable to watch the wrong thing. Um, and I feel like lastly, we should just cover how you feel about your boy. Fuck me, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Alyssa. I didn't want to talk about it. Um, wow. Well, I will say that I think and the, this Brandon thought and it was had to do with Blake. When she did push him away, she put that like gentle hand on his chest and pushed him back. I wonder if she's mm -hmm. trying to recreate her push of Juan Pablo, like her famous scene that she had where she pushed him away and she was like, don't fucking come near me. And in her date with Jason, <laughs> I swear to you, I watched it two times. She turned to Jason and said, did you see my season with Juan Pablo? And he was like, I, I saw the end. And she goes, wasn't it powerful? Like, wasn't what I did powerful? So then when Fuck Me Brandon, who I still think is very hot, but also wow. he's, hot. he's hot. Look at a picture of him. He's hot. He's hot. Okay, I think okay. he's a dingus, but he's hot. <laughs> so uh, he, like, finally gets one-on-one -on -one with Claire, makes the colossal mistake of fucking lying to her face like an asshole and saying, when I found out it was you, I signed up for The Bachelorette. And she goes, oh, what about me made you want to do that? And he goes, oh, well, you're obviously drop-dead gorgeous. Um, and then other than that, I don't know anything about you. And she was livid. She was, like... So you didn't um, see me on Juan Pablo season when I was so powerful? And he was like, no, I'm, no, I was waiting to like come here and like get to know you. And she's like, well, you lied. I just caught you in a lie that you supposedly signed up because you knew it was me. And they get in this really, really uncomfortable conversation where I obviously am like sort of team Claire in this debate because he lied and he and like, fuck off. You can't lie to someone's face on TV. It was something so stupid. And then he could not think of a single other positive thing to say about her. <laughs> he just completely, he just broke, completely down. broke down. Yeah. It was so cringeworthy when he was like, uh, he just, he retreated to this weird, uh, he goes, well, we both have had moments where we, we obviously feel for each other. And I know you have too. Like he's reading some bad soap opera script Ugh. and she goes, no, I've never felt that. So I think that you should leave. But you... As much as she was in the right because he fucked up and he lied and I don't want him to hook up with me anymore, I'll admit it. <laughs> I think that it's also not a good look for Claire who spent a lot of this episode bragging about how powerful she is and like how much she inspires herself. Her letter to her younger self was like, you are amazing. You are only going to get more amazing and just be the amazing person that you are. And like, I, I what? <laughs> I just love a girl who's like, I'm not the prettiest, I'm not the funniest, but when men fuck me over, I am the most powerful. Yeah. And I'm like, that's nothing. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. You have to have another personality trait that's besides not a thing. that. That's not, a like... thing. that's not a thing. It's really, it's just, it's not. And I, there's like nothing in, I think that there's moments where she thinks she's trying to be vulnerable and it's, and it's not that way at all. And she's, and she's trying to be so fierce and so full of like I don't know passion and it's just I can't I can't get behind it man I I can't wait for her to leave <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good I like enjoy watching her sort of turn all of bachelor nation she had so much goodwill going to this into this as the oldest bachelorette like during COVID and I just love watching people crash and burn I think it's hilarious <laughs> um I would love to get to some like real guy drama. It seems like that's coming up next week outside of just Yosef being a jerk. like an obvious yeah. asshole. 
Um, I would like to get to some like, oh, both people have feelings for Tasha type yes. of stuff. Um, but uh, <sighs> yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you said. She's not she's not handling herself no. very well. Oh my god, it just made me so <laughs> upset and stressed out. So I'm glad I got this. Was very therapeutic, which she would love since she thinks she's a fucking therapist. I know, right? I will say that hairstylists do like do a lot of talking about personal issues. I don't disagree with you that she's not a doctor. And I did say on another podcast that it seems like she's read a lot of self done a lot of self help stuff, not a lot of actual therapy is what I'm saying. Yes. And that because that is the exact type of person who then would not feel would not even stop to consider whether or not they are a therapist or not they would just be like listen I've read a lot about this so why don't I rip you apart Jason in front of the cameras and I want to like I and I I agree like if you're a great hairdresser and you're a great listener and you and you do lift people up and you like encourage people I think I think that's the cliche hairdresser therapist moment I my grandmother was a hairdresser she owned a beauty shop for years and she knew all the gossip in the town and she was like just a girl's girl and was like very positive and encouraging and I I just can't picture my grandma sitting at a fire with a guy being like I want to hear all of your demons every single time I talk to you I want you to (laughs) reveal a demon to me and he's like okay yeah you don't sit down and to get your hair done and they're like tell me what you're yeah. and you're like um i don't really want you to cut my hair anymore <laughs> tell me what you're ashamed <laughs> of <laughs> oh man anyway should we get into our interview for yes this week? yes i'm so excited about this one so weird <laughs> all right um we have my very funny friend rachel hastings who is a tv comedy writer um joining us to talk about a tlc show which i don't normally watch so this was very eye-opening for me uh, called Welcome to Plathville. And there's a lot of Instagram elements to this interview. So we'll post a bunch of fun stuff. I'm assuming most people haven't seen this. You can follow along with what we're talking about at uh, Table Flipping Podcast on Instagram. And it'll help you guys really like visualize <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this crazy family. Uh, and I hope, uh, I hope you enjoy. We have limited technology. We have limited computers. They don't play video games. We've never had any carbonated sodas around. They know what a Coke is, but they don't know what a Coke is. Can you believe that? That is so off the wall. All right. Today we have my friend who's a very funny writer on the show Bob's Burgers and the new show Central Park on Apple TV, um, Rachel Hastings, who's with us to talk about this psychotic show, Welcome to Plathville. (laughs) (laughs) It is so so timely and I have so much to say about it and I'm so glad you introduced it to us um welcome Rachel thank you I'm so excited to be here and uh, obviously mostly to talk about this show yeah (laughs) (laughs) for people who haven't seen welcome to Plathville do you want to explain what the show's about um sure I'd love to so uh, welcome to Plathville is a show about a family that lives on a farm in South Georgia uh they're all very blonde and there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of uh, spirals from there. <laughs> <laughs> it is like very threatening energy at the top. Like I had to text Rachel and be like, please tell me things get less godly and more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and less less cleaning while we're singing about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely does. It has moments of levity and, you know, really, really touching moments that almost like brought me to tears, honestly. So yeah. these people are like extremely hardcore I don't even know if it's fair to call them Christian because they're so hard into their own rules, it seems. Mm -hmm. It seems Um, like sheltered is their religion. Like their religion is just being sheltered and isolated. Their religion is their own family. Yeah. Yeah, Their religion is just like each other and like their 55 (laughs) acres of land and like being blonde. Like they're like, like, okay. Yeah. They're like friends are illegal. Sugar is illegal. Like Mm -hmm. shoes for some reason illegal. (laughs) (laughs) they really have restricted their children from having any sort of like normal interactions with the outside world and so what we're tracking in this show is the kids who are starting some of them the older ones are starting to become teenagers 
venturing out on their own and figuring out like what they want their life to be like. And when I first started watching the show, I think probably what we'll talk most about is the two female characters, Mariah and Olivia. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mariah is 16. She's like sort of the quote unquote rebellious one in the family. She likes to listen to secular music and put makeup on. Don't we all? And (laughs) it really reminded me in a sense of the movie, the Virgin suicides, which is like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite films ever. And it makes it, it, it's amazing how like no matter where you grow up and this is like an extreme version of it, but it made me think about how like teenage girls all feel like prisoners to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. And so even though I didn't grow up like not being allowed to use the Internet or, or watch TV or, you know, eat sugar, I totally got exactly what Mariah was going through. Did you guys feel that way when you were watching it? I mean, I did for sure. I like. I grew up in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. And like, you know, I was raised Catholic. And so the religion aspect kind of plays in a little bit for me as well. But like, I always felt like, oh, I need to get out of this town, like the town in general. I was just like, I just know that I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, And I love my family and I have so much family there. But like, I very much was like, you know, when I was like a sophomore in high school, I was researching like, can I start college when I'm a junior, like instead of being a junior in high school, I just like need to get away from this place. Um, That's so cute. Yeah. And uh, I actually uh, found this show because I was uh, writing, I'm writing a movie about an experience I had in high school where I went on a evangelical Christian mission trip with my boyfriend at the time. Wow. Whoa. Get so, into it. Wait, what? so how did you did you go because he was evangelical? Yes. Okay. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I think at the time I was with him for like six months and I was like, uh, I heard sexy vacation with my boyfriend in yes. Mexico while, while they were saying youth group mission trip, we're going to go try to convert a bunch of people to Christianity. Right. Um, so, you know, a little, it was a little uh, different from what I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. Um, um, yeah. That reminds would me you of like, say, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, would you say that you were the Olivia to his Ethan? Uh, I would say yes, but I also would say that he was not as uh, welcoming of it as Ethan is <laughs> to <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> like yeah copy that yeah okay so uh, taylor do you want to explain who olivia and ethan are for the people who haven't seen this okay yes okay and and for context i've seen the first i started watching it this morning to like get context and i've watched the first four episodes i'm absolutely going to finish it because i'm hooked ethan is the oldest son of the family he recently got married or in when the show started he had like previously the nine months before gotten married to this woman olivia who is so beautiful and so sweet and so smart and is also like very conservative and very religious but is uh, a lot more quote-unquote worldly than Ethan's family would like her to be (laughs) in that she has after she was 21 she had some sips of alcohol and she has a job which lets her travel she's a destination uh, wedding photographer she's still like by all of my standards at least extremely extremely conservative but this family kind of treats her as though she's this like negative influence which is really fascinating to watch because she could not be more angelic to me from where i'm standing uh so that's why i wonder in this story if you were like yeah i'll go on this trip with you i'll do this but like maybe we can have some a sip of a margarita in mexico (laughs) yeah that's absolutely that's absolutely what i wanted to happen and it it couldn't have been further from that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, like over in Judaism, they're like, hey, like go to Israel and just like dry hump the entire time. And like maybe you guys will like make Jewish babies and then you can marry someone in the army over here. Does that sound like fun? And we're like, yeah, let's like make out in the tents and like sleep overnight. <laughs> like- oh, my God. Birthright just got like a whole new meaning for me. Oh, That's my God. Amazing. Birthright is just the horniest. I really think Judaism is the horniest religion of all religions, <laughs> to be quite honest. I mean, we got sleepaway camp. Like, you know, there's like a That's ton. true. It's Everybody's true. just true. giving constant hand jobs at sleepaway camp. Oh my God, why I, I was not that. allowed to go, to be honest with you. I had to give hand yeah, jobs in my were own home. Busy trying to make out with guys at that weird chili carnival in your town. <laughs> I would keep you at home too, Alyssa. Yeah. My mom once said to me, like, everything you've ever 
thought you were going to do, I've already done it. So don't try it. (laughs) Does that make you guys feel I had a weird I was coming from like a weird sense of trying of judgment, I will admit, from trying to justify the parents in this family who Mm -hmm. seem to be coming from like. I don't know, this sounds judgmental, but somewhat normal, more normal lives. And then they found each other and then they decided to just like seclude themselves and like breed a thousand children and have them on a farm with no internet. So I was wondering like what their, does that make you guys think that they're, you have, you're more empathetic to them because they like saw the evils of the world and they decided against it? Or would you, I think I would vibe with them more if they too grew up in a really, extremely sheltered environment and that's like all they knew and what they interpreted as good i couldn't help but be like let your kid go to san francisco you've been to san francisco buddy i know and he i think he said he went to san francisco once and he didn't like it and that's why like he didn't want them to go didn't want her to go so it's so negative it's coming from a negative place to me that they seem to be like you don't want to go out there it sucks instead of like this sort of all encompassing sort of protective thing. I don't know. I couldn't help but be a little judgmental of why they're doing it more so than like how they're doing it. People, you got to live your own life, figure out your shit, but their, their motives seem to be like, well, we just don't want you to have music and radio in your life and soda pop. Totally. And even like, uh, this might be somewhere in the last two episodes. So apologies, Taylor, but ruin it for me. Ruin um, it. Mariah like wants to go to college she's like I think I might want to go to college and her mom is like Ugh. I went to college it was bad you don't want to go to college <gasps> yeah she's Basically. like I hate that I yeah. hate that I know. she's like it's it's strange because and I feel like watching it I understood why the mom was like this they didn't really get into the dad's past as much but the mom had been through some like very traumatic things especially with her own mother being watching her be in an abusive relationship so it really made sense to me that she was like I'm gonna protect my children from the world but you can't remove your children from the world right you know what I mean that's a difference there's a big difference and And so like the college thing it she doesn't want her daughter to go to college she's like all up in arms about how much debt and how like she went to college for six years and she couldn't you know work and intern and all this stuff and she was telling her daughter on the way to looking at one college that like Somebody she heard on the radio was $460,000 in debt from their college. And I was like, well, there's a lot of options. Like she could go to junior college. Like right. she could go to a state school that doesn't have as high of tuition. Like the the answer is not don't educate yourself. Right. I know. It's crazy. And it seems it also just seems crazy to be like, I had an experience. It was bad. So you can't even attempt to have a good experience, you know? Yeah. I'm curious if you guys have this in your family, but like in my, in my family, there's a lot of like, um, the people who have had kids, my parents included, like have one or two and then are like, yikes, we gotta stop. And I feel like I see on TV a lot. Like we see this with Kyle Richards and real housewives of Beverly Hills. And with a lot of the shows about these big families where like, and like Bronwyn on OC, like people love having babies and they love having kids and they just like, won't stop until they absolutely hit a wall and that that (laughs) that feels a little bit like what you're saying Rachel of like yeah I don't think that they were thinking about it I think they just like wanted to have kids and they just like kept having kids and then when you perpetually have a baby in the house then it's just like well you're always you are the authority you are the Mm -hmm. parents but then suddenly they like turned around and they have a 21 year old son getting married and they were like shit damn it Totally. We just had a baby. I thought that that would stop this. And you're like, no, dude, you had fucking 17, 18, 25 children. And they're all going to become adults. They're all going to become adults and they're going to fucking resent you and ruin your life. Why yeah. did you have so many? Yeah. Uh, I One mean, of, yeah, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it also seems like, you know, they were on that farm and they're like, eh, if we're not going to let ourselves talk to anyone else in the outside world, I guess we have to have a bunch of kids yeah, exactly. to have other people to talk to. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god! One of the most honestly, I think Ethan is a comedy genius. Oh yeah, oh big time. The most delightful things about the show is just watching him discover new things and watching the people in his life who love him like really get a kick out of him discovering new things. Like one of the most touching scenes in the show was when he his when his wife goes out of town with his sister. 
And he's like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go to the pool hall and hang out with the guys from work. And we're going to have a beer. And like, he's never done any of this shit before. Like literally did mm-hmm. not grow up with any friends. Yep. And it's so sweet. It like literally brought me to tears. He's hanging out with these two guys he works in construction with, I think. And their name is Jose and Oscar. And they have like a talking head. And they're like, yeah, like he grew up like it was olden times. Like I remember one day. At work, he tried a Pop-Tart for the first time, and he had to call his wife and tell her how amazing Pop-Tarts were. And I, like, started crying. I was like, this is so nice. I know. He is such a little sweetie, and he's so, like, happy and, like, I don't know. He just seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, like, what were some of your favorite Ethan discovering things moments? I mean, trying wine for sure. Like, not knowing that you don't put ice cubes and red wine I thought was very sweet yeah um I really enjoyed when the mom gives them she gives them this giant model of a ship that's like way too big for anyone's home like it's like touching the ceiling I don't know what the fuck it she was thinking and just watching him try to carry the boat from room to room like figuring out where it's gonna go we'll have to put it on our Instagram it was it's just so good it's so good yeah I loved him so much in that boutique and he was walking around. And first of all, I very much related to him when he picked up sunglasses that were really expensive. And he was like, oh, I'm too scared to hold these. (laughs) I was like, welcome to me shopping, Ethan. I'll be like, get this away from me. I can't touch something that's like this expensive. But then he looks at those... um, those pasties that you can put over your boobs so that you can wear a strapless bra and he picks up and he's like what is this and olivia like very sweetly explains it she goes well that's what you would wear as a bra when you don't want to show bra straps and you could tell you could like see him doing the math in his head and he comes to the conclusion that he doesn't really understand what a bra is in the first place so she's just like (laughs) jumping to see before he really gets it and then she explains it to him again and he giggles and he leans over and he's like well that was nice to find that out but uh, i wish i could i wish i could have learned it in private (laughs) that's like the dirtiest thing he could have possibly said like he's just to even say private to his Uh, wife like on camera so Uh, funny he's also just like never had you know he's not allowed to have coca-cola and he's not allowed to have alcohol and so at the end of the season when they're at (laughs) when they're at his sister's like surprise birthday party he orders a can of coke and a beer and he drinks both of them (laughs) and his parents are shocked yeah, they're like livid, but I'm just like, ew, I would never want to drink a Coke and a beer at the same time. Oh it God. just seems like too much. It sounds disgusting. Oh my God. It really is like some Kimmy Schmidt type of shit on the show. It, it is. really That's is. such a good cop. I was like a little bit conflicted about the overall, you know, like content of this show because on the one hand, I'm like, it's really nice to see... Um, these kids like broadening their horizon and everything but on the other hand I'm like we're you know sort of talking about like pretty disturbing values in this family and one thing that I thought that they did very well and that was like I was really impressed with the kids because the kids are like I mean this is all they've known and so you can't really fault them for whatever they think because they're just figuring the world out for the first time but the kids were so open to things that their parents had told them were like evil yeah like they go to san francisco and obviously they go through the castro district and um mariah sees you know men like being intimate for the first time with each other and she like she literally didn't know what like lgbtq stood for she mm-hmm. thought the b in lgbtq stood for best <laughs> which i think <laughs> is very sweet and it seems like she And it kind of seems like Olivia is the same way. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But she was like, why did my parents teach me that something that was totally normal is wrong? Yeah. And I was like so impressed with her for saying that. I was so like nervous in that moment about what she was going to say. Because I feel like they kind of like let it hang in the air for a second before she said something. Um, And then I was like, wow, I'm pleasantly surprised by her response to this. Uh, I thought, yeah, I agree. I think like I was, you know, impressed that she had that progressive of a view, you know, considering her upbringing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I think like it's interesting to me. I wonder if it's because and maybe you guys can um, weigh in on this, like 
they obviously had this lifestyle forced on them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of times with religion where people have an issue is like you're forcing people to, you know, live their life the way that you think they should live it. And for them, that was like so restrictive. And so I feel like she related to this idea of like, well, why are we judging how other people want to live? I want to live my life with music, you know, yeah. like what who are you to say like what I what I do and who I am is good or bad sort of thing. And so I feel like it almost gave them like a deeper well of like empathy for other people absolutely yeah I completely agree with that I think Uh, there's something that backfires on this family and a lot of families like this and we've seen it I I guess it's similar on on sister wives on TLC but not exactly the same but that when there is so much isolation and you're and you're having this really protective and really sheltered family structure there is a lot of like love like these family like especially on this show these siblings fucking love each other and i love it it's they're all friends they value each other and they have they put so much importance on friendship and relationships and love and so then when we see mariah in san francisco and she's just like looking at people of the same sex who are in love i think that it it the parents have instilled in them such a huge value on that phenomena that they would go oh well these people are just they love each other so isn't that the most important thing like I don't understand why it's supposed to have rules like there's something very sweet to me about Mariah being like well there's nothing wrong there this is there also it's just love like that's what Mm -hmm. it is and that's what we're all doing so what what's what's wrong about it again like what's (laughs) the what's the math yeah yeah for sure um what the fuck is up with the dad like how did he get like this do we know anything about him i know nothing about the dad and i desperately want to know i still also desperately want to know because they're a family that doesn't own a television why they agreed to be on a television show i know right i there must be somebody who like delivers something for them that's like (laughs) you guys are fucking weird don't you picture like Don't you think? And then, like, that person has, like, a wife that works, like, has, like, a cousin who works at Discovery Channel or something. Like, I could just see, yeah. you know, when you're, like, starting to come up in the business or you start to tell your family that you're, like, interested in, like, writing or acting or comedy. And then they'll be like, did you know that our dentist's cousin's brother-in-law was once held the boom on the set of Seinfeld. We can mm-hmm. get you in touch with him and you can get coffee with him. <laughs> like, I feel like there must have been some version of that for this where somebody discovered this family. Maybe they were delivering something or they just saw them in the town that's 10 miles away from their farm. Right. And first of all, noted, and not to be weird about this, that a lot of them are really fucking good looking. Right. And second of all, that they're a huge weird family. And they were like, let's call your cousin who works at TLC and Discovery Channel and get them a show. That's, I I have to, that's my reality that I'm living under, that that's the origin story. I love <laughs> I it. Know. I'm going to choose to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and that delivery person is now an executive producer. Oh, my God. Oh, I will say also, speaking of uh, them being good looking, have you guys looked at Micah's Instagram? No. Oh, 18-year-old? Yes. Oh, my God. Taylor, what's up? <laughs> It is. Uh, so he well, has I, full on gone into modeling. Like he, they see you see the beginning of it on the show, and now he's like in it. Like he completely looks like a different person in some of the photos. And it's funny, like you can kind of see on his Instagram feed. And I, I'm so sorry if I'm being a little creep, but like, oh you, my god, you guys, I just looked. I'm yeah. shocked. <laughs> so it, there's a distinct point where it goes from like kid who loves fishing and then all of a sudden it's like Hollister model and it's so crazy are these his real abs I think they are his real abs one of the 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 photo that with the Calvin Klein uh underwear looks (laughs) like his head photoshopped onto another body it literally does yeah Yeah. he's like very bronzed he's very shiny you can totally see the outline of his dick (laughs) (laughs) This is not to the 18-year-old we were watching on this show. Good for him. Oh, my God. He has 80,000 followers. Never used the internet like a year ago. I know. It's oh my incredible. God, season 2 is coming out November 10th. Hell season yeah. 2 is coming out November 10th. Oh, um, my God. Rachel, did you end up seeing how Olivia and Ethan met each other? No, but I 
need to find out. Okay, uh, so I looked it up. Okay. Um. So shockingly, Olivia is not Olivia's real name. Her oh. name is Mary Megs. <gasps> and she was in a similar family and she kept a blog, like <gasps> a WordPress or whatever, about her family where I think they had like 12 siblings and like it just kept like multiplying sort of oh thing. Oh my God. And so they went on this um, fundamentalist like retreat that I guess is like sort of problematic. I mean, she talked about how the church that she grew up in made her miserable and like women weren't allowed to talk and it was very extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she met Ethan when they were like 16 or 17 at this trip where both their families were. And she was like determined not to like him because everybody would tease her because they danced together a couple times. And so for like (laughs) years, like uh, the Plath family and her family had hung out all together (gasps) and she would like specifically not talk to Ethan. And then eventually, like as she got a little bit older, he made his like feelings known for her and they sent love letters back and forth because they weren't allowed to use the internet. Um, And then she just decided that like he was the guy for her. Wow. And one of the things that she wrote on her blog, which was really interesting, more recently, I wanted to read it. She said, I hate the fundamentalist movement and the legalistic approach to Christianity. It takes a beautiful and completely personal relationship and turns it into a list of rules and a box to be checked where everyone looks the same and talks like theological robots. And I was like, all right, Olivia, like, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> I think she's I think she's good people. I got to say, I mean, despite. You know, I, I don't know what her politics are and all yeah. that stuff, but like she seems like a good person. Yeah, she seems like a kind hearted person for yeah. sure. And um, the wow. freaking mom should be happy that she's being such an influence on the younger, the, the her other like rebellious daughter. Because if you're going to have them rebel as Olivia, then that's like pretty fierce. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty great. Like Olivia is still so close to home. Like she's still so conservative in so many ways and like let her take her to a little boutique every once in a while and get her a conservative little dress it's gonna be fine like because the other alternative is something far more extreme and like and I don't want to say dangerous because I think even extremely different from this family is still probably pretty uh, safe (laughs) but like you know there's still the worst case scenario of her just becoming a real cliche like I don't know they they describe when she goes to San Francisco and she's like sees someone falling over in a bus and then do you remember when she's like well so I thought that the guy was on drugs and she suggested that to her dad she goes so I saw someone who was falling over on the bus and the dad goes oh what was were they a wino oh and I was like a wino is that that means that's like someone drinking wine right yeah like I'm a wino right now you guys (laughs) (laughs) aren't we all so it's like you let her let her go rebel with Olivia. It's going to be OK. Like, geez. I know. I'm just so like confused about like what what do they think is going to happen? Like, what do they think is going to happen if they go to San Francisco? That is like so crazy. Like they only they visited touristy areas and they went on a little uh, uh, rickshaw tour and like that was it. <laughs> I don't know. She had cotton candy for the first time, and she said it goes from feeling like cloth to like melting in your mouth, which I thought was a really accurate description of cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so clear too that like when the parents are being interviewed, that they're like, "Well, what are you worried about in San Francisco?" And they choose the most like benign things to say. They're like, "You know, drugs and human trafficking," and it's like yeah. you're human not worried about that. Like, come right. on, like you're worried about them interacting with people who are gay. Like, just say it. Just be hateful. If you're hateful, just be hateful. Like, let's. Yeah. Talk about it. I know. And like, who has ever, I have never anyway. I was going to say, who has ever gone on a trip? You arrive in a city and someone's like, do you want these drugs? Like, yeah. that's not going to happen. I wish. Oh, my God. Welcome. <laughs> like, welcome yeah, to LA. Here's fun. free drugs. Thank yeah. you so much. We have subsidized drugs here. Wow. <laughs> what a vision for a vacation. Uh, <laughs> like... uh, yeah, I know. It's so, it's so insane. Ugh. It's pretty good. I love it. I am really like, I highly recommend everyone look up Micah Plath. I mean, it really does go from like me and my sister jumping around to like, I'm a fucking Calvin Klein mom. I'm a model. And in the show, he's like, I I would be interested in modeling, but I don't even know where to start. And then to right. look at his Instagram, you're like, wow, you figured it out. You yeah. found the starting line, didn't you? He did. really did. 
What were you going to say, Alyssa? Oh, I feel like we were going to say the same thing. This woman who, like, was his modeling coach was, like, half Corella DeVille, half, like, the person <laughs> who designs costumes in The Incredibles. What's her name? <laughs> I don't remember her name, but you're exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, she was really took him under her wing, and I feel like they were like, what's going on with this woman's hair? Is yeah. this how normal ladies' hair is? Right. She's not blonde. What's happening? Yeah. Uh. I was gonna say I wanted to share that I think there's something really that's that you know I couldn't help but be like I feel like you know you don't want to show to also portray all homeschooled kids as like being super fucking weird because there's a lot of homeschooled kids who are really friggin' cool and I think about (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) okay okay jury's out on that but I will say I uh, I I got a real kick out of it in the, like the first episode when they're like demonstrating how sheltered they all have been from like pop culture in the world that they ask uh, Lydia I think like do you know who Spider Man is and she goes oh yeah I know who Spider Man is and they go okay so who is Spider Man and she's like um actually okay so I actually don't know who Spider Man is and they don't know who Tom Brady is and they don't know and they haven't seen all these movies and like Olivia talks about with Ethan like showing him really basic kind of like traditional kids movies like Cinderella and I was thinking about my nephew and I have a four-year-old nephew who is the sweetest and he is going to be homeschooled so he is potentially going to be the weirdest kid in the world right but <laughs> But what I think is really funny and very comforting to me is I was watching this. And first of all, my brother is also like an absolute genius. So if anybody should be teaching a kid, it's him. And second of all, he is so into like the coolest movies and the coolest everything. And I was watching like uh, all of them not know, all of the kids not know what Spider-Man was. And Ethan was talking about how he didn't hear a curse word until he was 21 years old. And I kid you not, you guys, I have a video of my four-year-old nephew on his way to see Star Wars in a movie theater last year. And looking at the camera, he goes, fuck Darth Vader. Oh my God. <laughs> bad guy. You just got to fuck Darth Vader. I would stab him. And I was like, okay, so he's not going to be the weirdest homeschool kid on the scale of homeschool. I will say I went to college for like film and there were quite a few homeschooled kids and they did know like they were like cinephiles you know mm-hmm. um because they had their fr- no friends because they're homeschooled no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no so that totally tracks for me i take it back look everyone has their own path whatever's best for you i'm sure you yeah. can end up just fine in homeschool as long as your parents are nice and normal and not like um, welcome to Plathville. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I could safely say that my brother and sister-in-law are not like, welcome to Plathville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, what if this was my family, you guys? What if I was like, thank you for bringing up the show, Rachel. This is my family. I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> Taylor, you are, honestly, you're beautiful enough to come from this family, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, my God. My actual, <laughs> my actual name is Taylor Plath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think that perhaps, and this just came to my head, so forgive me if I'm like maybe phrasing it wrong, but we talk there's been a lot of dialogue about like a show like honey boo boo being so horrible for honey boo boo like the actual Mm -hmm. kids in that family being their lives are just ruined because of it do you think that this is an example of a show that might in fact like help the kids of this family or give them exposure that's somewhat helpful in their lives or positive or something I don't know I don't even know the answer but I think it's I think it might. I mean, like, even just having a camera crew around is, like, more people than they probably ever have at their house. Um, But uh, I don't know. I mean, I I do think, like, it seems like even just in these six episodes, they they really start to branch out a lot in ways that, I don't know, maybe would have happened if they weren't doing the show, but maybe wouldn't have. You never know. Oh my god, I just imagine the producers being like, correct, like your children are restricted from doing everything, but we must film something. So Micah needs to go meet a modeling agent. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that the, there's a fine line between like, if you're them and the, and you don't have the show and you go and you're trying to pursue modeling, like where do you even start? Like, is there a world where Micah just ends up as like a cute little male escort? Or he has this (laughs) show and then he becomes a freaking model on Instagram that we're all like 
gasping at? Are you kidding? I love that those are the two options. <laughs> those are my only two options that I think. Well, that's how she would see it, right? Isn't that how right. the mom would see it? Be like, oh, model, you're just going to go be a prostitute? Also, like, by the way, she was like, oh, I'm fine with Micah being a model. I would prefer not underwear model. And his most recent picture is just like him straight up in his underwear. <laughs> yes. I think I like read the comments on one of the photos and uh, someone commented like, oh, your parents wouldn't like this. And he like wrote back being like, well, I'm a different person than I was a year ago. And I was like, <gasps> I cannot wait to find out what that means. <laughs> Micah, um, season yeah. two, here we come, honey. I also honey. am wondering too, like, did the parents seeing the backlash to their own behavior change them at all? Ooh. You know? Or did they not see it because they don't look at the internet? Yeah. Do you watch a show that you're on if you don't have a TV? Does a tree right. make a sound if it falls in the forest and no one do hears they have it? to do they have to make friends with some other adults so that they can go to someone's house and watch a television? I guess they could go to Ethan and Olivia's house. They have a TV. Yeah, that's true. But do you want me to like say a spoiler of season two? <gasps> yeah. How do you? Yeah. I mean, it's yes. teased in the like. It's teased in the like. What is gonna happen? Articles in season okay. two. Yeah. At, like I guess it's starts. What out. is gonna happen? Articles. I'm sorry. That's such a funny way to describe. Yeah. It. It's like a like. <laughs> where are we picking up? Yeah. 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 Um, it's uh. They said that Ethan and Olivia stopped talking to his family. Wow. Wow. Um, Man, interesting. Sucks. So that's where we're starting from, which is wow. pretty, pretty crazy. Isn't that so sadly? I mean, Ellis and I allude to our like weird, broken, fucked up families on the pod a lot. But isn't there something so relatable about this very unrelatable family when they start to have those fights where there's just like, oh, wow, there's, I guess, a huge rift in every single family, no <laughs> yeah. matter how hard you fucking try to be the best family in the world. Yeah. The fact that these people who are just like, you know, so quote unquote good and then there's still a bunch of them they're like i'm not gonna talk to you yeah like, oh my god olivia's sure. like the bar is so low just let isaac play drums at our house and the mom is like i can't abide it and you're just yeah. like wow i can't lower the bar any more than this right i know what is what is gonna happen to him from coming over and playing drums like what does she think is what does she think is going to happen also like clean your own house what are you doing all day <laughs> why are you just like drawing pictures of feet for oh like your god. naturopathy job while like lydia's literally cooking and cleaning everything <laughs> for like nine people oh my god you're it's so, wild you're it's so wild. right the, the first episode did feel a little bit like if a bad reality tv company was trying to do a remake of the crucible like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> then with them all like singing and cleaning and they're all just like running in fields and i was like oh <sighs> shit's about to go down yeah, yeah. i was like people. oh i'm jewish and i am not welcome here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like that's all right it's okay uh, man anyway on that wonderful note um, uh, Rachel do you have anything you want to plug any shows coming out or anything like that oh man I mean if people want to watch Central Park on Apple TV plus it's uh, a delightful musical animated show um, it's you know fun and funny and uh, I think everyone should watch it yay amazing mm. um, and yeah. where can people find you like on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that um, I'm on Twitter at Rachel Hastings, and I'm mostly tweeting about city council races these days, but other times I tweet jokes too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, this was so great. Thank you for bringing this very interesting show into our lives and into our listeners' lives. We loved having mm -hmm. you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 